Uh, welcome to Crosspoint. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to do my best to make it through the next, um, I don't know how for long we'll go. So uh, it's great to be together in one room. If you're our guest today, uh, we're so glad you're with us. If this is your first Sunday here, I believe uh, this is a perfect Sunday for you to come. Uh, not just because of the pulled pork and the lunch afterwards, um, but because uh, today you get a glimpse into uh, what this church has been about for 10 years and what it's always going to be about. And, um, and, and just get a glimpse of what God has been doing. I'm super excited that we've got some special friends at Crosspoint in the living room today. If uh, Josh and Kirk, you guys want to make your way up. One of those uh, is, is Josh Trueblood and Kirk uh, Bodie. Josh and Linda, their family have been friends of ours for years now. Kirk Bodie is one of the elders at New Life. And Josh and I, uh, as families, we've, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but, but we shared with them um, that... that uh, that we felt called, to, called by God to go into full-time ministry, and we didn't know what that looked like or when or anything like that. And um, by God's grace, we've kind of walked similar paths. Uh, we've left uh, big corporate worlds, big corporate companies, and uh, stepped into uh, God's big mission for the world. And uh, I'm excited for them to come and just share some encouragement from New Life, our sending church, and I think it's going to encourage us. So, thanks. I'm Josh Trueblood. I'm one of the pastors at New Life, and uh, Kirk is here with me today. He's going to read a letter from Bob Sear, senior pastor, to you guys uh, in just a minute. But um, I just want to say just a couple of words about uh, you guys and the place that you all have in our heart over at New Life. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, probably 12 years ago. Yeah, and I wasn't on staff at New Life. I was an elder, and I was a small group leader. And um, I've told this story here before at Cross Point, but it doesn't get old for me. Um, I remember us having a prayer time in our small group, and uh, Dave and Heather and Matt and Tiff were in that group. And I remember these guys, and I remember being on a stairway and just sitting there in the NASA's basement, and and you guys coming and saying, we feel led by God to do this thing. And, and it's one of those small group leaders, or it's one of those small group leader moments where you're like, this is crazy. What are they talking about? Um, but I can't flinch right now as a small group leader and show lack of faith, right? Like I got to stay strong and, and, and believe in them and what they're talking about. And um, uh, it just blew me away to see what you guys did and the courage that you guys had. And um, I knew uh, Jeff and Angie Hegstrom really well at that time too. And Jeff was a pastor over at our church. And Jeff was one of these guys that you know, at, when, as I was trying to do ministry and trying to figure out ministry, whenever anything would go wrong, I would call Jeff late at night and say, Jeff, how do I fix this? And he was like this Obi-Wan Kenobi ministry guy who just knew everything and uh, love these guys. And um, remember, uh, remember sitting on the elder team and, and that, that moment where we sat around a table and said, God is calling this group of people to go and do this thing, and, and it's a crazy thing, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but God's calling them, and we're going to get behind them as a church, and remember coming and trying to uh, learn how to do drywall at that storefront thing that you guys did, and I think I gave up and didn't do very good, and um, just all the steps throughout the years, and um, uh, as I was praying about this morning and what to say, um, I think the thing that just kept coming back to me is just that there's no way this whole thing should have worked. Um, there's just no way. And the reason it worked is because Jesus Christ is alive and he's powerful and he's decided to put his blessing on the local church. And when he calls men and women to take bold, courageous steps of obedience, he gets behind that. 
and he's there every day, every Sunday, every month, every year, and he sees it through. And you guys are a testament to his glory and his faithfulness. Amen? God is good. Amen. And I just want to say one more thing about the blessing that you guys have, have uh, breathed back into our church. Um, it's, it's interesting. As you guys have grown and you've gone to your different like facilities and spots throughout the years, uh, we've consistently sent little New Life spies in to see what you guys were doing. And you guys had a cool coffee bar before we ever had a cool coffee bar. <laughs> You know, and we saw you guys doing mobile church and doing all kinds of cool ministry ideas that we stole from you and brought back to our church. But one of the biggest things that um, I feel like you guys breathed back into our church was a, a living, breathing, consistent sense of mission and a willingness to do things for Jesus. And um, again, we saw you guys do mobile church, and we were inspired that we could do this again. And uh, we launched uh, New Life North over at ICC um, about a year and a half ago, and they're they're about 160 people worshiping right now. Um, Yeah, which is awesome for us. And uh, when we went to launch that a year and a half ago, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but we did a capital campaign to launch that. And I think Crosspoint was the single largest giver to that that campaign. You guys gave $10,000 back into our ministry so that we could push the gospel and push the kingdom of Jesus Christ forward as a church again. And so encouraging to us that you guys believed back in us. You know, and that Jesus has blessed that ministry now. But also, one of the things I pull out of that is that you guys got the DNA. You know what I mean? That, that, that it, it's so alive in you, that part of, uh, of the mission of Jesus that says the gospel needs to keep growing. The mission and the kingdom of Jesus needs to keep going out. So when I hear that said on the video that, that, that your best days are in front of you and that Jesus has more for you, I believe that. So Kirk's got this letter. Let me say, too, several years ago, I was asked to help us with uh, the old, the first storefront, and I put some baseboard up there. But I see no one called me to help here put any, ba- any ba- 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 baseboard up. I, don't, I, I can't imagine why. I've, I've, I've got a letter here I want to read from Bob C., our senior pastor, and Bob write, writes this. He says, when we at New Life consider all that has happened at Crosspoint over the past 10 years, our hearts are stirred at what an amazing journey you've been on. Actually, we see several, several, several journeys that, that converge together. There's a journey of the original team of people who said yes to the call of God and left the comfort of their existing church home to plant and grow a new expression of God's kingdom in the, in the Eureka area. In doing so, they learned personally about sacrifice because there's no growth without change, no change without loss, and no loss without pain. But through the early sacrifices, a baby church was born. There's a journey of Jeff and Angie who accepted the assignment from the Holy Spirit to serve this new congregation. Through the early years, Jeff's shepherd heart and leadership skills imparted to Crosspoint a firm foundation of healthy biblical values and practices. And then there's a journey of, of Dave and Heather Steinbeck. Crosspoint was birthed out of, their stirring, out of the stirring and nudging of the Holy Spirit within Dave and Heather as their hearts longed for their friends in Eureka to receive the love and salvation of Jesus Christ as they themselves had. And their journey has been an example of what happens when people surrender their lives to God, obeying the direction of the Holy Spirit. You can't help but smile when thinking of how God originally gave Dave and Heather the vision for a new kind of ministry in Eureka, then gradually moved Dave from the marketplace into full-time work. 
And here we are today with Dave leading a, a, a Eureka church of hundreds. What a journey. And then there's the journey of so many of you who serve at Crosspoint, group leaders, ministry leaders, elders, volunteers. Many of you have poured your lives into this church since its early days. Your journey is marked with God's direction and, 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 and encouragement, with testing and sacrifice. But your, your faithfulness along the way has allowed many others to find life in Christ. And finally, there's a journey of so many who call Crosspoint their spiritual home and their family. Perhaps your journey to Crosspoint started with a broken heart and a broken life. At Crosspoint, you found the restoring power of Jesus. Perhaps your journey began as a believer who wanted more of God. At Crosspoint, you found the place to grow and to serve. Maybe your journey started far from God and hostile toward Him, but at Crosspoint, you found a God who loved you and gave you a brand new heart. You, you, you all represent so many journeys, all, all converging today as you pause to thank God and rejoice in Him. To God be the glory for great things He's done. And may you continue to press forward and see the expanding vision from God for reaching more and more people with Christ's love. He has blessed you with greater, greater resources and facilities, but in the end, it's each of you surrendered to God's purposes that will change people and communities. Bob writes this. He says, I like how the, the Message Bible translates Matthew 10, 9 to 10. When Jesus sends out the disciples to win the world. He, he uh, tells them, you don't need a lot of e equipment. You are the equipment. And your journey goes into Crossroads. As your journey goes into Crosspoint's second decade, we at New, New Life pray you are blown away by what God has done through you. Bob C. You want this back? Yeah. Love you. Also with us in the Crosspoint living room, all the way from Mississippi, are Jeff and Angie Hexstrom. You guys want to come on up? I often, I often think of the providence of God uh, over 10 years ago, uh, calling Jeff. There you go. I will want it back at some point. Um, that's just an inside joke. Um, <laughs> um, just mix them all up. Um, but the providence of God for leading... Uh, uh, Jeff and Angie, to this church. Uh, their heart has been for years just to say yes to the Lord, and this was one demonstration. Them being sent on the missions field is another demonstration of that. And I often think of at the heart of our church are things like community, authenticity, love, and that's a result of his shepherding uh, for the first uh, half of our life as a church. So I'm thankful that you're here to share. Brother. Good morning, church. I got to tell you, this is incredible to be together today to celebrate 10 years of, of outstanding ministry and effective ministry at, at Cross Point Community Church. And it really seems like yesterday that Dave and Heather shared their God-given vision with us uh, to plan a church in their heart. And we stayed with uh, Dave and Heather this weekend, and uh, we, we slept in um, what was their master bedroom that it was 10 years ago, and it brought back a lot of brainstorming memories and, and just seeking God and what, what Crosspoint could look like. Um, and it, it's really exciting to see what God's done, that uh, the heart that God had that, um, and the God-given vision that Dave and Heather shared, that we moved to Eureka, 
uh, to help build a church not of bricks and mortar, but of people. And uh, whose lives were being changed and transformed day by day through God's word and through the rela- their relationship with Jesus Christ. And you see, Crosspoint was, uh, was planted with a vision to be a different kind of church. And I always loved that statement from Dave and Heather. A church that reached out to the unchurch and de-church in Eureka and the surrounding area. And I love the values that we had to be a church family that valued authentic relationships with God and with each other. Meaningful community through small groups, genuine service to God and to one another. An effective outreach that impacted so many lives, not only locally but globally through practical service opportunities and simple but life-transforming message that Jesus Christ is the only hope for the world. Amen? And that through a relationship with Jesus Christ, that they can know that hope. There are so many incredible God stories that I'd love to share with you this morning of how God shaped and formed this local church family and how He called us out and asked us uh, to trust Him and take next steps. That's what it was all about, is taking next steps and just being obedient to Him. And there's so many miracles. I even heard some miracles this morning that God has done as we prayed and we believed and we trusted, not in what we could do, but what God could do, because nothing is impossible for God. Right here in the lives of this church and in in Eureka and the surrounding area and globally even through Cross Point family, and all the glory goes to God this morning. When Pastor Dave asked uh, Angie and I if we would be willing to come be part of the 10-year celebration, and we didn't even have to think twice. We were, we were excited, and, and we were already here and, uh, and ready to be part of this exciting times because we love you. Even though that we're, we've been gone for four years, you are in our hearts, and we love you dearly. And as I thought and prayed for you, uh, these words uh, came to Angie, and they came to me at the same time. And this is what I'd like to challenge you with this morning. And there's two phrases I just want to share with you. And it's this, always remember where you came from. Just what we're celebrating today is partially the past, but also of what God is still yet to do in this body. I had a a recent revelation brought on by um, the, the realization that my kids are really pretty much growing up. I've got two kids out of the house, one in college, one has his master's, and he's a track and field coach and cross-country coach, and then there's Pete, he's 16, and he's driving, and we never see him, so I call that out of the house, you know, and uh, and one day I was, the boys were home, and they like to come home and be together, and uh, I was looking at them, and I was staring in their eyes, and this whole thought flooded in my life. And flooded in my mind. And what I want to share with you, I want you to take this family parallel this morning. And I want you to think about the church and what it is and what it can be and what is, is important to value in our lives. But as I looked our boys in the, the eye, I, this, this thought flooded me. Have I been a good steward of what God has entrusted to me? I had to ask myself, do my kids really know, love, and follow God? Do they know and understand our family's God story? That's a big deal. What I mean by this is, do they understand their heritage and where God has brought us from as a family? Do they understand why we have deep convictions about certain things in our lives, like our spiritual beliefs in who God is, who Jesus is, and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives? 
Do they know and understand the values that we live by and that we ask them to live by? And do they know why we have such deep conviction about living a life that is separate from the world and set apart for God? Why we serve God and others and give generously and love wholeheartedly? And as parents, that we often think of our kids that they learn all these things by just being around us and watching us. You know, if we, hey, if we live it out, you know, and have it part of our lives, that they'll get it somehow. And you know what? They do learn a lot that way because they watch us and, and actions speak louder than words so many times. And for a while, they might even imitate us in what we do. But what really solidifies it in their hearts and lives for the long distance is not only seeing or watching dad and mom, or if we want to say the church, and leaders and, and each other put things into action, but it's helping them gain understanding in their hearts through teaching, through meaningful conversations, through finding times to intentionally tell our family God stories of what God has done in our life, how we got to this place in our lives. And if we don't take the time to understand who we really are as a family and why we do the things we do and live and sacrifice and serve God and others in the way that we do, there is such a danger of those things eventually becoming some empty tradition that we do that don't really mean anything to our children or to each other. And those core values and convictions lose power and purpose and do not get past the future generations. And that's the heart here, is that we pass what God has done in our lives to future generations. It's not about being and that we're secure and we're set, but who do we still need to reach? Who has God called us to impact as a church? And it's an incredible thing. Uh, it's about what God can do in our lives. But uh, because uh, we want our kids and, and each other, we want them to get it because their lives have been transformed and impacted by Jesus Christ. And now that they don't do it because we do it, it's because, because they want to live out the legacy that they've heard and that they've seen and they've celebrated together as a family. Can you see the spiritual parallel for the church and the family? I want to leave a legacy in my family, and you want to leave a legacy for years to come to watch this community and the surrounding communities be impacted for, for Christ in, a, in an incredible way. So I want to leave you with this. As the Crosspoint Community Church family, I want to challenge you to intentionally look for opportunities to tell your God story from where you came from. As Crosspoint continues to grow, there are going to be more and more new people and new believers. They're not going to know Crosspoint's God's story. And they'll not understand the vision and the values that you live by out of God's word. But help them gain understanding in their, their hearts through biblical teaching, meaningful conversations, and intentionally telling the family God's stories from Crosspoint. Take the time to help others those that are new, those that are new believers, help them understand who Crosspoint really is. And as a family and why Crosspoint does and lives and sacrifices and serve God in the way that they do. The other thing is this. Look for opportunities to live out your values together. Don't let your values become a list that you display on the wall or in a brochure. You know, 
But let them drench every part of your lives and live them out in everything that you do, everything, every ministry that you have, and every place that you go in the community to love wholeheartedly others. And then this last thing is look for opportunities to guard the vision. I love the vision that God has given to Crosspoint. To be a church that's devoted to Jesus, dedicated to one another, and driven to reach people. Isn't that incredible? It's about having a God-given vision together in a church. And this church gives clarity to know where God wants you to go, what he wants you to do, and even who he wants you to minister to, and what kind of ministry to do. And when each and every person who is part of the Crosspoint family knows the heart of the vision and knows where they're going, there's power in unity and powerful ministry can take place. And I started with this, that always remember where you came from. That's the past, isn't it? It's the present. But I want to challenge you this way. Don't dwell there. It's part of who you are, and you can never take that away. But use it and let God take you to new places. Don't dwell there. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Church, press on with purpose toward the goal that Christ has marked out for you. It is a great race, a great journey. And it's time to, beginning to, to begin letting God write new chapters in your story. Your God story is not to be exclusively in the past. But God wants us to take, he wants to use it to take us to new places with him and write new chapters in your God story. And he wants to do new miracles and take you to places you've never been before, a place of trusting him more, a trust, a place of believing in him more, and a place of letting God use you more and more. I want to leave you with Psalms 105. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. And tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. And search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed. His miracles and the rulings he has given. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Dave and Heather, we're so proud of you. And thank you for being obedient and taking the next step and the next step and the next step into what God has called you to. You're making a difference. On the video, I shared that uh, we are now impacting six continents with missions work. Uh, my math could use some work. It's uh, five continents. I, my geography and my math could use some work. But by God's grace, we, we've been able to partner with Jeff and Angie and send them out as missionaries from our church family. And then last year, we were able to send out uh, another missionary family, Darren and Jane Freidinger, who work with uh, Isaiah 55 Deaf Ministries. And here's a video from them. Hello from Mexico. It's sunny and hot here. It's our first day of school with Instituto Isaiah 55. We have about 60 students this year, all the way from age 4 up into their 50s. We have six former deaf students that are now teachers, and we are adding a secondary level, secondary, which is also like a junior high. 
We have two of our students that are going to be going to university, which is the first time ever, and head teacher Karina is going to be translating for them. And another exciting thing that we're going to be adding this year is we're going to be adding a vocational program of sewing for the girls, in addition to the welding that we already do. So it's going to be a really exciting school year. We can't wait. And we're looking forward to when y'all's team is going to be down here next spring. We are super excited to see y'all down here. And as we see, we're standing here in front of the girl that y'all painted uh, was two years ago. And we just look forward to what God's going to do with the team once they get down here. Many blessings to you on your anniversary. We can't wait to see everybody. Adios. All right, another missionary family that we support is Nate and Ruth Ryder. Uh, who served with Project Amazon. I remember during the fall of 2003, the church had just started, and Heather and I were helping to uh, count the offering each week because as a church plant, you just kind of do anything and everything to fill gaps. And we remember thinking, counting the offering, going, huh, how's this going to work? Uh, God, you're really going to have to provide. And, and then we remember his faithfulness and how when the financial support from New Life ended after two years, by God's grace, we were able to stand on our own financially, and God provided. And, and that's just been the Lord's track record for generations and I remember when Brad Lehman, who was coordinating our church finances at the time, suggested and shared that we should begin to tithe or give 10% of our offerings back into missions work. And we took another step of faith, saying, okay, we're trusting you, Lord. And once again, he proved faithful. And we're now investing 15% uh, of our offerings back into the mission of Jesus locally and globally. And one missionary that we've supported with for many, many years is Nate and Ruth Ryder. So here's a video from them. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Crosspoint. Congratulations on 10 years. We're so privileged to be one of your missionaries. And as you can tell, the missionary family is growing. I am great. Back at good. Can you see me? Here where we live in Santarém, at the heart of the Amazon, we've been working hard with Project Amazon at making disciples and planting churches. We couldn't be here without your love, prayers, and support. Last year, our missionary team planted 75 churches for a total of 642, most of them being out along the forgotten banks of the river. We oversee several cell groups in Santare, discipling their leaders. We train each and every person on how to win people for Christ and care well for them. Currently, our church in Santare has over 60,000 people in 7,500 cell groups. We have 61 services at 26 different campuses across the city. The services start at 7 a.m. and go to 9 p.m. without any breaks. On average, 100 to 120 people come to Christ each week. We are in charge of all the praise and worship teams at the Paz Churches, nearly 250 musicians and singers. It is tremendous what God is doing here, and you are a key part of all that success. And we just want to thank you so much for all your support, all your prayers. You guys are all so special to us. In Portuguese, parabéns para você nesta data querida. Muitas felicidades, muitos anos de vida. Viva
So celebrating the past, anticipating the future, this is, these are the two things we're, we're trying to do today. There's a tension that exists anytime God moves greatly in the life of a person or a church, and that's that tension between looking back or looking forward, uh, celebrating or anticipating. Both must exist together. What we usually do is we specialize in one at the expense of the other, but Scripture commands us to do, to do both. You can see this in Joshua 4 when God tells the Israelites to put down stones in order to commemorate their passing through the Jordan River. Uh, the purpose was, to be, was for it to be a reminder of the God that had led them through the desert for 40 years across the Jordan on dry ground. It was a symbol for what he had done. But it was also looking forward to the promised land and what was coming up. And it was a symbol of what he was about to do. And this is where we're at today. Celebrating what God has done, anticipating what, uh, what we will do, uh, what God will do in the future. And around the room, you'll see uh, 10 boards, if you haven't already, uh, kind of celebrating the past. Some pictures uh, that capture the moments and the faces on the video and the pictures and all of those. Uh, they don't even capture all of it because you can't fit it on all the boards and all the video, but uh, we surely tried. But we, you just can't fit it all, and I encourage you to check those out after the service. In order to celebrate the past, I'm going to have you stand up and do some response and interaction. Don't stand up right now, but have some uh, response and interaction stuff. Kids, students, and adults, all of you. Um, so I'm going to be making some statements about the last 10 years and, and your time at Crosspoint. And if they apply to you, I want you to stand because by standing, we're going to get a picture uh, and a reminder of the God that is doing the work. And when people stand, I want us to clap and cheer and celebrate. Uh, football season is in full swing. I know you can clap and cheer. So if anything, we should be celebrating what God is doing, not, not just that the Bears are better than that other team up north. Um, I uh, Anyways, just got to get my shots in. Um, so uh, we're going to start off with a really easy one just to kind of get us warmed up. If you're here today, please stand. Okay, uh, you can have a seat. Podcasters, I hope you stood up too. So, all right, um, now we're warmed up. We're going to go pretty quick, so here we go. And when you stand, I don't want you to look at me. Uh, I want you to look around and the best you can try to capture what's happening around us. If you got married since coming to Crosspoint or you're engaged to be married, please stand. Okay, you have a seat. Since coming to Crosspoint, have you found a place to serve and be involved in ministry? Please stand. You didn't think we were that kind of church, like stand up, sit down, okay? <laughs> little lit liturgy for you. This is as close as we get. Um, so have you found, uh, since coming to Crosspoint, have you found community and friendship? If so, please stand. All right. If you have uh, dedicated a child or children in the last 10 years here, please stand. Uh, Sun Chasers, this one's for you, so heads up. Uh, if you're in Sun Chasers, I want you to stand at the count of three, and I want you to uh, go ahead and stand now, all right? Go ahead and stand now. And I'm going to start a sentence, and I want you to uh, finish the sentence for me, all right? Uh, God's love helps us stand Nice. Well done. Okay, you have a seat. 
<laughs> if you're new with us and you're like, what just happened there? Uh, that's from VBS this summer. All right. Uh, if you're in hype, I want you to, at the count of three, to stand up and yell louder than the kids did. I got no chant for you to yell. It's just simply yell. So stand and yell. One, two, three. Um, now, how about this one? Uh, if you've gotten baptized at Crosspoint, please stand. <laughs> now, if you, if you can't, just, just stay, stay, stay standing just for a minute. You went public with your faith. It's okay to stand a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> I want to read uh, Psalm 145, 3-7. It says this, Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your, splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Thank you. Please, you can have a seat. How about this one? Um, in the last 10 years, if you've committed your life to Jesus, if you've gotten saved, if you've come back to him like, a, like, a, like the prodigal son, if you're in the process of turning back and coming back to him and recommitting your life to him, in short, if you were lost and you've been found in the last 10 years, I want you to stand up now. Go ahead, go ahead and keep, keep standing for a minute, okay? Sorry. Get your quads to work out. Uh, Luke 15, 8 through 10 says this. Uh, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. A party in heaven has been thrown every time someone has given their life to Jesus, turns from their sin, begins to follow him as Lord and Savior. So we celebrate that. We celebrate what God has been doing over the last 10, 10 years for his glory. So you can have a seat. Next question. Uh, since being involved at Crosspoint, calling this your church home, if you've grown in your faith in Christ, if you've grown in the greatest commandment to love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and everything you have, if your trust in God has increased uh, over the years when it comes to things like money or your relationships or your future, if that applies to you, please stand. All right. And, and, here, and you, can, you can sit down. Um, Here's the deal. Uh, everybody that's standing in, different, in those different questions, it's a reminder of what God has done. It's a reminder of why we do what we do and why we will never, ever, ever stop. All right, so let's do this now. The Crosspoint story, story is often marked by the different seasons. And let me, let, let me just, on a side note, if, you're, if your child is rambunctious, and it's okay. It's an evidence of God's grace, and there's life here, so it's okay. I can talk louder. No big deal. It's okay. So please don't stress and fret. Heather and I stressed and fretted when our kids were younger. Now they're old and now if they talk, they, what, they shouldn't. But, um, <laughs> so, so now just it's okay. Let me just put your mind at ease. So, but the Crosspoint story is often marked by the different seasons uh, that we've walked through when it comes to kind of the Sunday location that we've met in. 
And so I want us to get a visual picture of the work that God has done through the years, not only in growing our love for Him, but growing uh, the church numerically. You read in the book of Acts continually of how the good news of Jesus was reaching and spreading, and spreading out, and lives were getting saved and transformed. And so I want us to not just look at numbers, I want us to get a glimpse of that, of lives that are being impacted. So if you're at Crosspoint prior to Sunday services ever beginning, if you're committed to a church that, um, with the vision of reaching the lost and impacting our community and world prior to August 2003. If that applies to you, I want you to stand up. I want you to stay standing for a moment. As you read some of the Apostle Paul's letters in the New Testament, you notice how he publicly thanks people and acknowledges them for their help in the ministry and their blessing. And so to those who are standing... Um, I guess you choose that side of the living room. Um, to uh, the kids who are with you and the kids that are born, have been born since then, uh, thank you. Thank you for your love for Jesus that fuels your life. Thank you that uh, you continue to give yourselves to something uh, over and over and over, something greater than yourself. And I pray that today is an encouragement to you. Um, thank you for your friendship and partnership in life uh, over the last 10 years. Thank you for your ownership and the vision uh, long before any of this had taken place. So I want to publicly honor you, and I'm glad your children stood too. All right, you can have a seat. We're not just about adults, so come on. Um, if you came to Crosspoint while we had Sunday services at the middle school, or I'm sorry, at the ministry center, please stand. Thank Thank you for being open to trying a church. Uh, go ahead and keep standing. Um, for being open to trying a church that met in a storefront. Uh, to walk behind that glass door going, I wonder what I'm going to find on the other side of this door. For walking your kids down a sidewalk to another location because we just needed to make more room for kids and adults. Thank you for your faithfulness through the storefront days, through, your, through the mobile days, and setting up, tearing down. Till now, I'm grateful for the good and the difficult and trying times that we've walked through. And I'm so thankful for your friendship as well. So you can have a seat. Now, if you came to Crosspoint um, during uh, the six years we met at the middle school, please stand. Look around. Don't look at me, okay? Um, thank you for under... Yeah, go ahead. Thank you for understanding the New Testament teaching that the church is not about a building. Uh, but it's about people who love Jesus and are trying to reach others with that same love, with the gospel at the center of it. It's about, um, so thank you for believing that God is bigger than limitations of space or buildings or those kind of things and serving through those years, setting up, tearing down. We baptized 75 people during those six years for the glory of God. So thank you for serving. You can have a seat. And finally, if you came to Crosspoint over the last 15 months since we've been here, please stand. Thank you for coming to a remodeled steel building uh, to explore what God was doing at a church. Uh, I'm grateful that you're here. It's been a joy getting to know you. Thank you for jumping into ministry and, and, and serving in community. And thank you for 
giving to the vision, and, and you're, not, you're, you're as vital to the body of Christ as those who have been here from day one, and I'm grateful that you're here. So I think I'm finally done until the tail end of standing up, sitting down. Hopefully that worked out some energy, and now I'll talk for a little bit. Celebrating the past, we've already done, we've already said this, but I don't want you to think, if you're new especially, I don't want you to think this is about celebrating us today. This is about celebrating the God who's doing the work, His, uh, celebrating Jesus, His goodness throughout the years and His goodness from the beginning of time, quite honestly. And I struggled to know what to say on this day because here's the truth of the matter. Uh, Crosspoint's vision hasn't changed in 10 years. Yes, it's been worded differently and we've probably gotten better at that through the years, but at the core of who we are, it's always been about three relationships. Jesus, one another, and those yet to be reached. So today is a reminder to us of why we are here, because without continual reminders, we get off track. And I pray that today, whether it's your first day or you've been here from day one, we're reminded, encouraged, and challenged by the Holy Spirit, because it's not like now we turn a corner and become someone we are not. Uh, Instead, we just continue to go where God has called us to do for the last 10 years. From the very, very beginning, Crosspoint's vision has been to be a church that reaches people who don't know Jesus. That will be our focus until Jesus one day returns. We will never relent from that. We will never change from that. Lives are too important. Life is too short. Eternity is too long. So so we're not going to turn from that and and somehow make it about us or put us at the center of our needs or anything like that. This last week, Tiffany Wiegand sent me a journal entry that she made uh, prior to Crosspoint starting Sunday services. It's so fitting for us to read today. And I thank God that he answers prayer now. And we sit here now 10 plus years from from this moment, which she wrote this just as a testimony to God's faithfulness and his work and his provision and his power. Her, her journal entry says this, I smell something huge. It's God working in all of our hearts, getting ready to move in me in ways I've never been moved. My dreams for this church is that our number one priority will be to let God be in control and that he will move us the way we need moved. And ultimately that we can, we can see the lost being found. I want to see growth in believers, the lost getting saved, relationships being built, and a safe place to come. That just sure, surely sounds like our vision statement, does it not? And now for 10 years, we see this, uh, these prayers being answered. One of my favorite verses through the last 10 years is Acts 4, 12 and 13. It says this, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So salvation is in Jesus alone. That This good news message that we carry with us is, is, what we, is what we live out, what we carry, what we communicate. And then verse 13, one of my favorites, I've preached on it before if you've been here for any length of time, it says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. When Heather and I felt called to start this church, we were 24, 25 years old. Uh, as Heather said, we, we had lunch this last week, and what she shared with me is we were just basically just two kids who thought we could tackle and change the world. And by God's grace, look at how many others who jumped into the same boat saying, let's go change a community and world. And now it's, see, it's not just about us. This is about God's vision for this church and us all in the same alignment uh, in that vision. William Wilberforce, the great Englishman who was a leader of the movement to abolish the slave trade, Wilberforce said this in respect to this massive grand mission they were trying to tackle and overcome. He said, we are too young to realize that certain things are impossible, so we will do them anyway. In short, we're too naive or just have too much of a childlike faith to realize that big, bold dreams such as these are thought to be impossible by most. And because of that, we'll do it anyways. I remember hearing plenty of people 
who said, why does Eureka need another church? I mean, seriously, Eureka, why do we need another church in this area? And our answer boiled down to this. God's called us to this. God's called others to this as well. There are those yet to be reached. And we are just too young to realize that things like this are thought to be impossible or too great. And so we'll do them anyways. We can't lose that, lose that kind of big, childlike, mustard seed type of faith, Crosspoint. We have to fan into flame the, the faith that believes that Ephesians uh, 3, 20 and 21, what it says that, God is, uh, that our God is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. That our, that our God can't be contained or boxed in, that nothing and no one is beyond his reach. If you've just started coming, uh, you need to hear these kind of stories because they remind us of, of, the, of where we've been, where we're going, to give us a picture of why we exist, why we do what we do. Because here's what would be easy to do today, to sit back and go, look at all that God has done through Crosspoint. Or look at all the corporate things that God has done through this body of Christ. And we should reflect on that. We should give God glory for that. But here's what we can't miss this. Here's what we can't miss. I can't miss this. You can't either. We can't miss our individual part in this mission. What are you anticipating for your future at Crosspoint? Because let's not just celebrate what God has done in your life, but let's dream and anticipate what he wants to do in the future of your life and in the future of the lives of the people you know. So what's your individual next step from today? What's God calling you to do as, as a part of this church? You've heard next step for the last 10 years. You're going to hear next step for the next 10 plus years. What's your next step in building 3D relationships as we anticipate the future? What about in relation to devotion to Jesus? Do you know Jesus yet? Because some of you don't hear. He's not your Lord and Savior. And if that's you and you're wondering what that, what that means, and I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to have, a, have you talk to a leader or contact us in some way. This church is designed for you to get to know Jesus. It was started with you in mind. And so you're not here by accident. God's working in your life, orchestrating it, bringing, bringing you to himself. So respond to that. Say yes to that nudge. What about, is your next step baptism? Is it going public with your faith? Are you holding out for some reason? What about when it comes to prayer and the word, communicating, talking to your father, getting to know your father through the, through the word or through prayer? What about the next step of giving and trusting God with the area of money? How is God calling you to take a next step of giving to a mission that look around is changing lives both here in this world and in eternity? This is what we're giving. We're not giving out of begrudging obedience. We're giving because we're just compelled. To, no, no, there's something greater that we have to do with what God has given us. And that's one way we do that. It's not just with our time, but it's with the things that are most precious to us, including our money. What about next steps in being uh, dedicated to one another? Is it membership, formal ownership at Crosspoint? Are you kind of sitting on the fringe? Get in, uh, here, here's the deal. In your program, there's a Discover Crosspoint. Details are in there about how to get involved. Starts next Sunday. Take that next step. Discover who we are, why we're doing what we're doing, and how you can be a part of it, how you need to be a part of it. Is it serving in a ministry? Is it the next step there? Because here's what would be easy to do, especially on today. It'd be easy to look around and go, man, there's plenty of people here. Uh, they, uh, they don't need me to serve. No, no, you got that backwards. You're wrong. Because look at all the people. That's actually why we need you to serve. That's why we need you to be on this team. 
And this is not even counting the people outside these four walls that are yet to be reached. This is why you need to say yes to the Lord prompting you. Lord, this is not something you need to go home and pray about. This is just something, no, no, okay, I'll say yes. Where do you want me? Where do you want me to serve, Lord? And we just respond. This is being dedicated to one another. Don't wait on that. Don't wait on somebody to come ask you. Just pursue it. Raise your hand and obey the Lord. What about community? Are you involved in a community group this fall? Do you have community here at this church? If not, uh, pick up a leader of, or pick up a listing of uh, groups at Guest Connections. Contact a leader. Contact the church. We will help foster that because at the heart of who we are is community and, what, um, and that one anothering that, that happens in a small group. What about a next step in being driven to reach people? Who are you inviting with you on Sunday mornings? Who are you inviting to your community group? Students, who are you inviting on Wednesday nights? At the heart of who we've always been is personal invitation to others. I would say the majority of us, I won't ask you to stand, but the majority of us are here because someone invited us. Yes, someone, uh, sometimes we Google, sometimes we see the sign, but quite honestly, it happens because of relationships. In the same breath, who are you sharing your faith with? Who are you sharing the good news of what Jesus has done with? Because it's not just about what happens here on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. It's about us going into our schools, workplaces, neighborhoods, homes, our circle of friends with the news that Jesus saves, that he alone is the source of salvation. Remember, Acts 4.13, courageous, bold, unschooled, ordinary men, but the leaders could tell they'd been with Jesus. The so-called little things we've done for 10 years, when you combine that with, God, with God's power, it makes an incredible difference in his kingdom. So we keep repenting from and confessing our sin. We keep loving and caring for one another. We keep inviting and telling those around us. We keep uh, loving Jesus with everything. We keep loving others extravagantly. We keep telling others about Jesus and leading him, leading others with our words and our way of life. This is what we do and will do until he returns. A 10-year party is not the end. It's simply a moment to pause, be reminded, and then be encouraged and challenged for what's ahead. Jesus prayed, Matthew 6.10, Your kingdom come, your will be done. The beautiful thing, Crosspoint, is that over the last 10 years, we've been a part of answering that prayer for Jesus by the grace of God. And this is where we want to be for years and years to come. Your kingdom come. Jesus is praying for God's kingdom to advance. Therefore, we should be praying for God's kingdom to take up new ground because in God's kingdom, the hungry are fed, the sick are healed, the outcast is welcome, the sinner is forgiven, new life breaks through, broken relationships are restored, mourning turns into gladness, death is overcome, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lost are found, the lonely are lonely no more, the chains and the power of sin are absolutely broken and shattered. So as a church, as followers of Jesus, we are saying, God, we want your kingdom here in this area, not just in this church, in this community and in this world. We want to see... We want to see love, justice, mercy, compassion extend to more people. We want your church, this body of Christ, to be a light for all to see. We want this good news of Jesus to reach more and more people come to Christ, more people get baptized, more people obey the Lord in everything and not just part of their life. We pray for God's kingdom to advance so God would be glorified. So notice this blank board that I have up here. It's not just about us looking back, but it's about us looking forward. So, so what, do you, what do you dream about a year from now? What about 2018, 2023? What do you see on this board? Well, what's the Father's heart 
for what would be on this board. That friend, co-worker, family member that you want saved. We are called to go after the one, Luke 15. So who is your one? Who are you praying that God would miraculously save? I mean, you're just begging God. God, do this. Who are you begging God to move? And who are you investing your life into? Who is your one? I have some in my life, and I'm praying that God, that God would just miraculously step in. Do we believe that God is able? We would in our heads, but then are we acting and praying with that knowledge, with that truth driving us, that God is able? What else is on this board? Children, students, adults getting baptized, churches being planted, missionaries being sent out, volunteers uh, serving, leaders being raised up, parents discipling their children, those children growing up and leaving the home and continuing to walk and love Jesus with their life, marriages restored, brokenness healed, biblical community happening, miracles taking place, a culture of radical, radical generosity. The hungry fed, the orphan adopted, the afflicted cared for, the nations reached. What do you see on this board? What do you see? Can you see this? Not just corporately as a church, but individually, you and me. Are you anticipating the future as a part of this church? Dreaming about what God can and will do if you say yes to Him. Not just if we do, but if you say yes to Him. Because if you do and I do, then we do. And God can do incredible things. This is, this is why we can't just stay here. This is why we can't just celebrate 10 years and then hit, hit cruise control. There's a difference, a massive difference between beliefs and convictions. Beliefs are things we, uh, we know in our head, views we hold. Convictions? Convictions are, are things we've fought over, that we have cried over, that we've walked through, that we've doubted, that we've wrestled, that we've prayed through, we've seen in God's Word over and over. The Apostle Paul shared one of his convictions in Acts 20, 24. It's one of my favorite verses uh, it's a reminder for us for the years they had. He says this, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This must be our shared conviction. I can't, this is not just about Dave's, the elders, the staff. People have been here 10 years. Their conviction, no, this must be our shared conviction. Not just a belief or a view or an opinion or kind of a, a nudge, but a conviction. It says, our aim is to finish the race with endurance and passion, not stepping back, but leaning into. And that aim is to testify and herald and communicate and tell and share and live out the good news of God's grace, the gospel of the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, that salvation is available for all who would repent and believe, all, not just some, but all the incredible news that Jesus loves us, died in our place so that we could find new life. The band wants to come back up. Here in a minute, I'm going to ask you to respond one more time by standing, all right? <clears throat> to begin with, uh, if the launch team and those who are pr here prior to Sunday services could stand. All right, I want you to remain standing here for a minute. Here's a question, a question that we need to ask ourselves. What if we'd stopped? What if we'd stopped? And said, oh man, we, we got a small group, we got kids, we got, this is, this is good. What if we'd stopped? I think the answer speaks for itself. If you were here during the ministry center days, please stand now as well.
What if we'd said, you know, we, we got a service on a, in a storefront, and we're kind of up and going, and we're actually viable a little bit, and we're able to support ourselves. Look how we've grown, and God has allowed us to reach more people, and but going mobile and adding staff and sending out missionaries, that's just a step of faith that I just don't think we can take. What if we'd stopped? Take a look around. Literally, literally look, don't stop looking at me. Look around. Look how many people are still seated. What if we'd stopped? What if we'd stopped? Well, God had other plans, didn't he? Now, if, you're, um, if you came during the middle school years, please stand now as well. What if we'd stopped at this point and thought, ah, what, that's a big faith step to purchase a building and property, and I don't know if we're ready to sacrifice for a vision of next. And in short, what if we'd incorrectly thought that our God is limited and unable? What if we'd somehow thought that the church was built on man's wisdom and man's power, which is limited, rather than God's infinite wisdom and power? There are still so many yet to stand. And if you are seated, if you're able, please stand now as well. What if we'd stopped at any point along that journey? What if we'd stopped at any point in the last 10 years? This is why we can't. This is why we are compelled to continue to move forward. People matter too, too much to Jesus, so we can't. This is our conviction that Jesus alone saves, that God uses ordinary people who have been transformed and changed by Jesus as a result. And so therefore, Crosspoint's aim for generations to come, sharing the good news of God's grace that changes lives and marriages and families and generations and schools and workplaces and communities and the world. So as we close, we're going to sing together. And as we sing, I want the words of this song to serve as both worship and our prayer both corporately and individually, are we owning this? Are we owning this individually? Not just us, but you and me. And I pray that this song may, may be a reflection of the heart of who we are as a church, the mission that God has called us to. And so may this be our corporate, closing, individual prayer back to God. Let your mercy rise. Let your
Let it be so. Amen.